I'm Stephen Adams. This is down to Doug. I'm I'm miffed and peeved. That's not the words. What do I say? Hello, I'm Alex Sabrinas. I'm not miffed and peeved. I'm about to dunk. I'm not miffed and peeved. Hello, I'm Alex Sabrinas. I'm not miffed and peeved. I'm down to dunk. I'm Stephen Adams. I'm not miffed and peeved. I am down to dunk. Yo, this is PG and I'm down to dunk. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schleich. We're part of CLNS Media, DailyThunder.com, feature on Dash Radio at 5 o'clock Central Time. With me today is my good friend, Alex Spears. Alex, what's up? Ah! <laughs> Are you okay? Ah, still revved up from the fight, Andrew. Oh. The scuffle. <laughs> You've just been screaming since Monday night. <laughs> yeah. Just wanting to grab Robin Lopez's hand. As he's trying to point at you. Uh, yeah, that game was interesting. The Thunder just killed the Bulls 121 to 96. Uh, and there was just this big fight between the two teams. No no harm done by anybody. So they only gave out technical fouls, which I thought was right. Because it seems like a lot more than it really was, probably. Uh, except for my, my favorite part. And I haven't heard many people talk about this, but... Jim Boylan grabbing Jeremy Grant, but not that part. The part where Cameron Payne is accidentally wedged right behind Jeremy Grant and being pulled away. <laughs> Rob Perez has a um, has a video of it up, and you can go to his Twitter feed and watch it. And he he's just trying to grab Jeremy, and poor Cam is just being drugged between Bobby Portis <laughs> and Jeremy. Just he's just a casualty of this. Um, yeah, poor Cam. Like Boylan was basically doing two chokeholds because he basically was doing a reverse chokehold on Cam on the back. Cam's face is just being smashed into Jeremy's back, which <laughs> I I think that Jim Boylan deserves a technical just for that. To his own player, um, but boy, did Robin Lopez look like a crazy person! Yeah, I thought he should have been ejected, and maybe it's because I've been watching a lot of Malice at the Palace highlights lately. <laughs> really? Yeah, God, I feel like I watch the whole video once a year. I wow. just go back and watch the. There's like a full 12 minute video on YouTube that you can watch. Yeah. But one, but one of the things you see in that video is that Ron Artest gets this crazy look in his eyes, <laughs> and it's like at that moment you're like, this is this could be dangerous. This is dangerous. We need to do something. And when I saw that look in Robin Lopez's eyes, I was like, they just have to get him out of here. Like he, he looks too different from a normal person right now. They've got to get him out. And they didn't. And then, of course, like three minutes later, they eject him. Right. Because he tries to drop the ball on Jeremy's balls. And I guess you can't, I can't. I guess you can't eject a person just for looking crazy. But I thought it was warranted. In it's, this case. It, it's kind of terrifying. Just even watching it. I'm watching a clip of it right now. And he is terrifying. Yeah, he he looked so crazy. And I, what I was most worried about was when Boylan grabbed Jeremy Grant that Robin Lopez was going to get a shot in on Jeremy Grant and yeah. how bad that would have been for Boylan and the league. Oh it would look like he was basically like holding Jeremy to get hit. Right. 
that would be so bad. And like Jeremy like breaks his face and he's out for two weeks. Yeah, that would be awful. But man, I was so thankful for this fight because I'll be honest, Andrew, I'm getting sick of these type of games. Like at some point, I just want to see this team just play good team after good team to really yeah. see what they're like. Yeah, I'm not learning a ton from these home <laughs> games against the Bulls and the Suns. And like in the mid third quarter, I was like, God, this is so boring. Like, who cares? We're just killing them. I don't even know if I can really take anything away from this. And then finally, we have this great little scuffle. Well, so, it, I mean, it's good that they're beating these teams, though. You know, it is. It I mean, is. That, they're, I, that they're winning like this because they just they didn't win like this a whole lot last year. That's true. That's true. I mean, it gives you it should give you some comfort that this team is different uh, in a lot of ways. And and because they are different, they extended Billy Donovan. What what were your thoughts on? Not they extended him. They opted. Uh, they picked up his option for his last year. What do you What do you think about that? Uh, well, of course, I'm very petty. So the first thing I thought of was uh, Dean on draft. He's this uh, draft guy on Twitter. And when uh, Billy Donovan was initially hired, he wrote this article about how Fred Hoiberg was such a better coaching candidate <laughs> and how Donovan was going to be out of the league soon. And look at look at him now, Dean. <laughs> Hoiberg's gone. Donovan got an extension. So, I, you know, I'm happy for Billy, obviously. Yeah. Um, we, we were very frustrated with him at the beginning of the year. But now it just seems like he finally has a lot of players at his disposal to play the way he wants to play or at least more the way he wants to play than ever before mm-hmm. so yeah I'm, I'm perfectly happy with billy at this point yeah yeah it seems like he's at least defensively has a team that he's very comfortable with offensively i think that he is like a very much pace and space kind of coach and right he, he doesn't I mean jeremy grant and paul george are his two best shooters on the team right now uh, and so if he could get guys to make shots, like if, if you know, Brinus played well, I think that was encouraging against the Bulls. He hit, he hit an off the dribble three that I thought was encouraging. Um, but then Patterson, he had a dunk. He had his fourth dunk. He got to hold up four. I don't know. Uh, if he could hit shots and if a Brinus could hit shots, it would help this team quite a bit. Uh, and, and it's all- so hard because they're not a high volume shooting team anyways. Yeah. So like each game we're basing it on like a couple shots, <laughs> you know, like we get like two Patterson shots to like analyze and break down. Right. <laughs> yeah. He took four shots in that game. Same with the Brinus. And yeah, I, I feel, I feel bad for Patterson. He he's, he's keeping his spirits up, but like Thunder fans are just destroying him day in, day out. I, I think that he's going to eventually start, making shots i think that's going to happen i I hope so um i I wanted to see did was that the fewest number of threes they've shot all year Uh, 21 no it wasn't oh wow they actually had a game where they shot 17 and one where they shot 19 um but yeah other than paul george who shot 10 you know they're just not taking a lot of threes i mean jeremy didn't even attempt a three in that game yeah neither did russell which was good (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that was good. Yeah, I want to talk about Russell a little bit because he's having a weird year. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a very strange Russell Westbrook season. And I think that there's uh, reasons to be pessimistic and reasons to be optimistic. And obviously, the general like national conversation is just about how bad he has been shooting the ball, mm-hmm. which which is true. Um, 
But I do think I have some optimism because for the longest time, I was kind of in that same camp where like this guy's game is built on athleticism. Like what happens when his athleticism like even takes a little bit of a step back? And I would say like maybe he's not at his athletic peak anymore, but he's doing so many more things than I've seen him do in the past, especially defensively. Yeah. Um, like his defensive effort this season is higher than I, I, I maybe ever. Yeah. No, I've no never question. seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, and his passing is still at a super elite level, even if he has goofy turnovers. Shout out B-Ball Breakdown, newest Westbrook fan. <laughs> that was hilarious, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> please tell if people don't didn't see this, please tell them what you did. Well, so a lot of times people will put out posts about Westbrook and they'll get me angry. You know, my blood pressure start going up. Like, Why are you being so mean? <laughs> you know, and and that would be my normal reaction to like send back something snarky. So I've been trying to think of stuff I can do that isn't snarky and that's just more confusing for the person. <laughs> <laughs> and so the greatest thing I found that you can do is that Twitter has this feature where you can create lists and add anybody to it without their permission. Right. <laughs> and they get a notification that they've been added to a list. And so I created a list called Russell Westbrook fans and only added one person B-ball breakdown to it. <laughs> And I knew that he was going to respond because he hates Westbrook that much. And so he gets a notification says, hey, Deborah Buckets just added you to the list, Russell Westbrook fans. And so he tweets it out and says, how is this even possible? (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I'm just going to start doing that to people that say uh, stuff that I don't like. I'm just going to start adding them to lists. That's really good. (laughs) <laughs> I was very excited when I saw that come across my Twitter my Twitter timeline. It's uh, great because it's like it's a it's a trap. Like you know you're trapping oh, them and you know they're going to respond. Yes. They're going to be so confused because when you go to his profile now, you can look up what list he's on and the top one is Russell Westbrook fans. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. Uh yeah, Russ is having a weird season and it's really just shooting the ball. I mean, right. Everything I mean, else is ev- he's been better at almost everything else and fitting into the role that for years that we've said, you know, if Russell could just play off the ball a little bit, if Russell could just give the ball up a little bit more, if he would just lock in on defense, if he would just do that, he's doing all those things. And I really believe that his shots going to come along. You know, McKelly talked about this on Monday show. Shout out to McKelly for doing a solo pod as my entire family is sick. Um, but Michele talked about this, that, you know, muscle memory is a huge part of shooting. And if, even if one tiny thing is off, like you, it takes time to get that back. And so I, I think that makes a ton of sense. And Russell was kind of like this at the beginning of last season, if you remember. I mean, it was it took him a long time to get going. And then finally in that Philly triple overtime game, his shot started to fall. And I think it will. I think his shot's going to fall. And I think that we're going to have one of the most well-rounded Westbrook seasons that we've probably ever seen. Because he's he's getting these triple doubles really effortlessly. Uh, he is defending. I think he's had 11 steals in the past two games. Uh, he's been he's been really really good, and if he can lock in like this, and you have Paul George and Jeremy Grant, Stephen Adams, and Terrence Ferguson playing defense like they do, it allows Westbrook and Paul to get into the passing lanes and to create offense. Because I think that's it's obviously the best way the Thunder can create offense is by getting a steal and getting on the fast break. Uh, that's this team is not a great half court offense, and that's the best way they can do it. So, and I think the 
progression of Terrence Ferguson has been tremendous as well. Uh, his defense is so, so good at this point. And he can hit a corner three. He hit a three the other night against the Bulls. And so he's uh, he's been impressive to me, Terrence has. He doesn't play a lot. He usually plays about 15 minutes a game. He'll start the first quarter. He'll start the third quarter and then kind of get sprinkled in a little bit here and there. But he it's usually Schroeder taking those minutes. But in those 15 minutes, I've been super impressed. Yeah, he's just another one of those guys where I just want to see him get more shot attempts. Yeah. Because um, it's the same thing with uh, those other guys where they're taking, you know, like two threes a game. Well, for him, it's like two shots a game. And, you know, for him to really reach his full potential, he's going to have to be more involved in the offense than he is right now. Yeah. It's kind of um, hard, though, because, like, who who are you taking shots away from to give no, shots I, to Terrence Ferguson? Uh, um, you know what I mean? Look, yeah. It's like Westbrook 13, Adams 14, Grant 9. George 19. You taking away any of those shots? Mm, yeah, I guess you're right. And then guys that played Schroeder 10, Noel three, Patterson four. I mean, obviously I'm sure everyone's screaming at their phone or whatever they're listening to and saying, take away all of Patrick Patterson shots. <laughs> right. He's, he's got to shoot the ball too. Abrinas four, Diallo five. You know, I mean, his role is almost perfect. I mean, this team, Sam has really put together a group of guys outside of the stars that really don't care what their shot attempts are like. They're really good team players. And Jeremy Grant included in that. Like he's got a, a good group of character guys. I think Grant and Ferguson and Patterson and Abrinas, like those guys don't really care about their shot attempts. Like they're going to lock in every night, <clears throat> play the role they're supposed to, which I think is a good thing. But I, I agree. I'd like to see Ferguson shoot the ball a little bit more. But overall, I feel like he's for a second year guy. He's in a really nice role for him. Yeah. And you may be right. I guess maybe I'm thinking more about um, playoffs because he's going to be left open more than likely, even though we think of him as a good shooter. Yeah. And so he's going to get more opportunity more than likely in the playoffs. And so maybe he'll just happen and he'll just start knocking down a lot more volume. But yeah, I would just like him to get a little more opportunity in the season. Yeah. No, I've, I, I don't disagree. I like, I like Ferguson. I think he's played well as much as we killed him and Donovan at the beginning of the season. They both have turned it around tremendously. Uh, okay. Anything else from that Bulls game that stuck out to you? Um, no. I mean, it was, it was, it was just kind of a, it was a nice, one of these nice games where they just kind of like wrap it up by the third quarter. Yeah. Which those were pretty rare last year. So it was nice for that reason. Um, but I, I just really want to see this team start playing these good teams. Like I, I can't wait for Christmas. Yeah. Um, for, for basketball reasons too. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm so excited about presents. What about tonight? Um, well, I'm terrified of tonight. <laughs> I'm not looking forward to tonight. Let her play the Sacramento Kings in Sacramento. In they're Sacramento. already Owen two on the season against the Kings, which hopefully will be reason enough to like fire this team up because I can't imagine them going down 0-3 to the Kings and then potentially just like l- getting swept in the season series. <laughs> what, yeah. what are your keys to the game? I say uh, you got to keep Shumpert under 30. 
yeah, Iman Shumpert is <laughs> is the the key to the game number one. I, but yeah, I'm terrified of this game. Like that's the thing. Like that Bulls game was great, and then I'm still like, what's going to happen tonight? Are you really confident? No, I mean confident. No, I mean also the Kings are kind of good. Like it might be actually kind of good. I know they are kind of good, but they shouldn't sweep the Thunder this season. The Thunder has to win a game <laughs> against the Kings. This isn't right. So, uh, injury update. Uh, Marvin Bagley is out tonight. Okay. Uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich, the other bone dong, is questionable for tonight. And also, the MVP of the league, Iman Shumpert, is listed as oh, questionable. That would be so nice. It's for personal reasons. Take as much time as you need, Amon. Isn't that, isn't it, it's just been so weird. His season has been so weird that he's just shown up against the Thunder. Because what is he averaging on the season? You know he's going to show up tonight. I mean, nine points per game. Yeah, I don't know. It was updated yesterday on Basketball Reference that he's questionable. He's definitely showing up. It's the Thunder. He's got to show up. This is his, this is his team. This is where he makes his bread. <laughs> What a weird, weird season for the Kings and for the Thunder playing one another. But yeah, the Kings are good. Like the Kings are pretty good. They've had some some nice wins recently too. They beat Dallas, which is a, that's a really good win. I mean, yeah, beating Dallas is is a tough thing these days. Uh, yeah, I I don't know. I it's, what do you? I was just remembering that Shumpert is a free agent this summer. Yeah, I wonder how much he'll get. He's he's kind of nice. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Probably not much. He's a mini mid-level. Yeah, he's shooting 38% from three. Yeah. On five attempts. He's tw- I wouldn't mind him. He's 28. Would you trade for him? No. I mean, not if I had to give up anything. Yeah. And you, Well, actually, I guess you could give up uh, Patrick Patterson. He's making $11 million right now. Oh, man. There's no way he makes that much ever again right yeah no no okay (laughs) uh okay speaking of things that people don't talk about let's talk about things that people do talk about and that's smart nba topics smart nba topics this is the Uh, the pascal siakam awards for each each so we're doing an updated version of the smart nba awards because it's been a while since we last did these. We did these back in August, and obviously a lot, some things have changed. Mm-hmm. Uh, the smart NBA, t- NBA people have shifted their focus to different guys on different teams, and so we wanted to bring these new guys to you, these new thoughts to you, to make sure that you're the smartest NBA fan that you can be, so that when you're hanging out with your friends, you don't look like an idiot, so you can say that the smartest things you can. And so I actually went back I'm a big loser and listen to our podcast from August <laughs> on two times speed so that I could remember who we said. And interestingly, Andrew, do you remember who the player was that started this thing all off? Was it Pascal? Yeah, it was Pascal, which I was very impressed that you brought him up. That was back in August. Mm-hmm. And who knew that his star was just going to keep rising? It's, yes, it's gotten just tremendously worse. So with some of these teams we're probably not going to talk about them because we're, we, we're just going to leave them the same. For yeah. instance, the Toronto Raptors, I think Pascal 
is still the smart NBA player for the Toronto Raptors. No question. Yeah. I mean, he is. He is. We're, we're naming this after him. He has to be. Yeah. Um, but then we went through some others. And so we're going to go back and forth and kind of give some nominees that we're going to put up for a vote. See if see if we like these as the new smart NBA player for these different teams. Who would you like to start with, Andrew? Uh, I'm going to start with the Clippers. Oh, I already. This is an easy one because you've been talking about him a lot. <laughs> it's it's Shea Gilgis Alexander. I just don't. Yeah. I, I've seen him play the Thunder three times, and he just doesn't look that good. And I know he's played well. Like I went actually went and watched a game of him yesterday uh, because league pass is free right now. And he played well against the Blazers. That's cool. That's cool. Uh, but people are saying things like he should have gone second in the draft, and he sh- he should he's definitely better than Trey Young. There's no doubt in my mind that he's better than Trey Young. How do you know? <laughs> These guys are rookies. I don't. I haven't seen enough out of him that makes me think that he is just a slam dunk. And maybe he is. Like and. Here's like a a part like a caveat to these smart takes is that they could be true, like these could be true, but I, I'm not privy to enough information to say that Shea should have been the second or third pick in the draft, which I just think is kind of crazy with how good this draft class is. Like people are like, well, you know, would you take him over Jaron Jackson? Would you take him over Jaron Jackson? I mean, that's just that. I just I can't I just can't do that. And for Shea to get nominated is impressive on its own because our the last guy we picked was Montrez Harrell, who is also having oh, yeah. a great smart NBA season. But Shea's been so good, so smart this year that oh, he man. just he has to be the new pick. Yeah, no question. What are I need to look at his? Um, I know you stopped listening to Dunked On, but you would actually enjoy. He uh, he did like a rookie review. Oh, he did show with some guy that I don't know. Um, but that, but, but that guy was really high on Shay yeah. and Nate, Nate Duncan kind of poo pooed Shay. Oh, he did. Yeah. He, he's not like a huge fan. Like he still thinks he's good, but he does not think his ceiling is as high as like the general Shay fan club does. Wow. That's good. And, and most of it's based on his shooting. Um, he just doesn't think that it's ever going to be consistent. So yeah, he's 48% from the field, 35% from three, 10 points. 2.9 assists, three rebounds. Man, that guy should have been the number one pick. Sorry. Um, I, just can't, I, I, I can't hang with those guys with their SGA takes. It's, it's basically now, just the ringer. Let's be honest. I yeah. don't know if it's just that they're in LA and they that want these guys to be good. I have no idea. Um, so my my first nominee is for the Denver Nuggets. Again, okay. a tough one to unseat because last time... We chose Juancho Hernan Gomez. Right. Um, and, and he is a classic NBA smart guy. But this new nominee, I, I think he's going to take it. It's Monty Morris. Oh, yeah. The rookie, the second round rookie playing for the Nuggets. He's playing the backup role. There's been a lot of heat coming <laughs> about Monty Morris in like the last two weeks. Uh, just recently, I think it was on a low post, Tim Bontemps uh, suggested that he was the third best point guard in his draft. Which is interesting because that was a draft with, you know, De'Aaron Fox, Lonzo Ball, Dennis Smith Jr., uh, Frank Nilakina, Obviously, Markel Fultz was in that draft. 
So that's some, that's some high praise for a backup point guard. If Tim Bontemps is anything, he's a smart NBA guy. He is he is the smartest. I mean, we didn't mention with the Pascal thing, but I think Taylor did. Yeah, that he said that Pascal was the second best player on the Raptors. He's so he, he's brilliant. He's a he's a, br- he's a brilliant he's, man. He's like mastered the art of ranking a guy one spot ahead of where you're comfortable. <laughs> You know, like if he had said Pascal was the third best player, I'd be like, yeah, probably. Or if he had said like Monty Morris is probably the fourth best point guard in that draft, I'd be like, oh, okay, probably. But he always goes one spot ahead of where you're comfortable. And it's such a huge jump, (laughs) that one spot. It really is. Um, But yeah, people are fired up about Monty Morris. A lot of people, I've seen this from multiple people saying that Isaiah Thomas is not going to be able to get minutes now because of Monte Morris with which maybe that's true. I don't know, but man, pretty impressive that a second round pick is coming in and doing this much. I feel like this is the year of the point guard. There's a lot of point guards that people are excited about. Yeah. Monte Morris has the best assist to turnover ratio in the league. That's great. Good for him. Yeah. I've heard people say that. Well, now you know to talk about him more. It makes me feel smart just to say his name. Don't actually, get left in the dust. I actually kind of liked him out of uh, Iowa State. He was, yeah, you kind of wanted the thunder to grab him. He's kind of awesome. Yeah. Oh, listen to you. I've got a regular smart guy over here. How smart I am. Uh, here's my here's my smart take. I heard yesterday. So James Harden did the double step back, which is a travel into a foul that he got called on Ricky Rubio, and so most everybody's just like, "This is crazy that he's getting away with this." Uh, but Kevin O'Connor from The Ringer took time to have this nice soliloquy about James Harden, talking about him as if he were a ballet dancer and how great he is. And he just, the way he moves is just, it's like dancing. If he could, it's, if this were uh, boxing, he'd be getting, he'd have so many points for just his moves, for all the moves he does. He's just such a good mover. It's just like, wait, is that, is that how they award boxing? I don't know. He's mentioned boxing. He mentioned something else, but he was like, if, if this were another sport and you gave points for how somebody moved across the court, uh, James Harden would lead the league. (laughs) What the, what are you talking about? What does that mean? He's traveling. He's traveling across the court. He's doing an illegal move and you take the time to call him a ballet dancer. I am not this smart. I bet he never said that when uh, Westbrook got the inbound and just started walking up the court. <laughs> right. <laughs> that was beautiful. Right. Like, okay. So the Rockets have lost a ton of games this season. I just, I mean, if you switch Westbrook and Harden right now, just switch them. Would anybody be talking about how great Westbrook is or would they be talking about like, oh, you know, Westbrook's averaged like 48 points the last three games, but they've only won two of or they only won one of them. Right. Um, I mean, I, I, I just think that people would find a way like oh, Westbrook can't do it all on his own. Look at him trying to do it on his own. And like whenever Harden does it, they're like, man, this is one of the greatest scores of all time. <laughs> Okay. Well, great. I think I think smart NBA is kind of scrambling right now for a smart take about the Rockets, you know, because this summer it was James Ennis. You know, he was going to give them 90 percent of what Ariza did. Yeah. Then then Gary Clark, you know, he had this brief moment in the sun when his right. development was like the reason the Rockets were moving on from Mello. 
and now he's had like five DMPs in a row. So they're trying to figure out where do we go, Andrew? We have to say something good about the Rockets. So I I do feel like there's been a, a resurgence of, about Harden. Yeah. So if you want, if you want to sound smart to your friends, talk about James Harden as a ballet dancer. <laughs> yeah, your friends are going to love that. It's going to be really entertaining. Um. Now let's see. Next, I will go. Well, one I just want to get out there. I feel like we should uh, put a hold on smart opinions about the Kings until next season, since okay. we all since we all misjudge them so bad. I have <laughs> one. Season. We shouldn't be allowed. You shouldn't be allowed, Andrew. <laughs> what What do we have for them? Uh, we oh, had no Nemanja. Yeah, he's been actually good for them. Yeah, has been. Uh, De'Aaron Fox should be an all-star this year, and De'Aaron Fox is the best point guard in that draft. Those are some t- the two very smart things that you could say to people. That people are like, oh, really? He is? Yeah, I, I've heard that all-star one before, and I feel like you can instantly dismiss it if you just like think about the Western Conference and how the voting usually goes. But oh. we got to do this thing where it's like, well, you know, maybe it will be close. It's like, no, he's not going to. He's no. not going to make it. No, he will not. The, he's not going to get voted in. I mean, they would have to be well over 500. They'd have to go right. on like if, if they won 10 games in a row, then I think that maybe we could talk about that. But they're two games over 500 right now, which is great for the Kings. Great. I mean, I'm really happy for them, but it's just not that's not going to get you an all star an all star bid. Yeah, too many guys would have to be left out yeah. for him to get in. Yeah, without a doubt. I'd like to thank the mule for sponsoring today's show. Got to go down to the Mule. It's at 16th and Blackwell. They're in the Plaza District near downtown Oklahoma City. It's one of the most delicious restaurants in Oklahoma City. It's a gourmet grilled cheese restaurant. If you're looking for a place to take uh, friends or family from out of town for Christmas, this is a great place to go. It's a staple of Oklahoma City. It's a staple of the Plaza District. uh, And it's just plain delicious. You can follow them on Instagram and Twitter, Facebook, at the Mule OKC, and you can see what they're all about. They've got great drinks. They've got obviously delicious grilled cheese. They have their all their stuff is so creative, and it's fresh and it's delicious. I love the BCLT. It's their play on a BLT, but it's got delicious cheeses in it. Uh, it's so good. Also, the macaroni pony. It's got brisket and macaroni and cheese on the sandwich, and it's just so good get the french fries ask for the seasonal side it's all good got a great bar if you're looking for a place to watch the game tonight uh, you can go sit at the bar eat some delicious fried cheese curds uh, get a drink with it uh, and it's just an unbelievable place so go support the people that support down to dunk and eat at the mule okay so my next one now some of these andrew these some of these are real ones some of these are real smart takes um and you know, one of the ways I tried to come up with ideas was to visit some team subreddits. You know, sometimes the fans, they've been watching it a lot more closely. Maybe I can pick up some new smart takes, get in on some smart takes before anyone else gets in on them. <laughs> and I did that for the Hawks. So my nominee for the Hawks, last time we said Dwayne Dedman. This time I'm saying Taureen Prince is a terrible defender, <laughs> which is something... I would have never thought to say because in my mind, Taryn Prince is the exact same player he was as a rookie, yeah. which is like he's a three and D guy and he will forever be a three and D guy in my head. He, he was going to be like the next Jay Crowder in my head mm-hmm. where I would always think about him the exact same way for his entire career. 
And it was true. In his rookie season, he had a net rating of plus 5.8. He had the fourth best RPM among small forwards this year, though, Andrew. And apparently this is just not this year. It was last year, too. But this year, he ranks 75th out of 86 in defensive RPM among small forwards, just below 41-year-old Vince Carter. Oh, my. They, the, the Atlanta fans are saying that he he doesn't care. He doesn't have good fundamentals. He doesn't have good instincts anymore. They're They're talking about wanting to trade him which I could totally see that as like a guy who could potentially be traded this season. And we think it's a really good deal for the other team, but no, no, not anymore. When, <laughs> whenever that trade goes down, I'm going to say, ah, oh, look at those losers who just got Taurine Prince. I know he's not a good defender anymore. And I'm going to sound so smart. Could, could this just be Hawks syndrome? No, because it happened last year too. I mean, oh. they were bad last year, but I mean, it could, I guess it could be because Dennis Schroeder. Oh man. That's what I'm saying. Like Schroeder, Everybody oh, was geez. like, yeah, he doesn't defend anymore. He's a terrible defender. Why would you guys want him? Oh, my gosh. And you just outsmarted my smart take. <laughs> I did. Schroeder's been good on defense because he cares, again, because they have a chance to win. That Hawks that Hawk team is so bad. They are bad. Maybe it's a cry for help when you don't play defense on the Hawks. Yeah, maybe he's trying to get out of there. Well, uh, in that case, I want to trade for him. Okay. <laughs> uh, my smart... NBA take on the Celtics. Uh, ours, our one in the summer was Daniel Tice, which I still think is really good. That's a really good one. Um, but it's Marcus Smart is the leader and heart and soul of this Boston Celtics. Oh my team. gosh, I put Marcus Smart too. You did, yeah. He's good, and I do believe that what I said is true. But it's also like a next level NBA thought, where it's like, well, they have you know Kyrie Irving, and they have Jason Tatum and Gordon Hayward. They have all these all these guys on their team and it's Marcus Smart is the leader and heart and soul. Al Horford's on this team. No, that that's a good one because there are these guys who they've reached a point in their careers where you really can't overrate them. Like you 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 just have to say the next thing about them. <laughs> like <laughs> the next best thing you can say. And it's true about Marcus Smart and like maybe for you know, people who watch the the NBA, even like regular casual fans at this point, know about Marcus Smart because he gets talked about so often, mm-hmm. and it's for good reason. Like I love Marcus Smart, um, but yeah, he is. I feel like everyone universally likes him. Yeah, and he, he's like universally understood as one of the few guys in this league who everyone understands that his value is way more than what what shows up in the box score. Yes. He's one of the few guys that you can look at. He's one of the very, very few guys you can look at his shooting and say, well, that doesn't matter because he right. What he brings is intangible. He's bringing things that people can't see to the. And that and that's probably a take that most people believe. But if you didn't believe that, Andrew, and you said it out loud, if you said, oh, but he's a terrible shooter. Oh, you'd get laughed out of the room without a doubt. You be you you're the idiot in the room if you talk bad about marcus smart um all right my next one is for the indiana pacers okay um and this is one one for them too so i okay well well mine is something that thunder fans already know like they already have a head start on this okay which is uh demontis sabonis he's the nba smart player and i honestly think that he's like pre- smart take because not enough people are talking about the season he's having right now yeah one of my favorite things to look at is the player comparison 
between him and Pascal Siakam, <laughs> who, you know, like there's people saying right now that Siakam's an all-star. They're putting him in as, as, as their last choice. Yeah. Go and look at their stats. Like Sabonis is just as good as Siakam, and then he averages like three more rebounds playing five less minutes than Siakam. He has a higher PER. He has a higher box plus minus, higher win share. He's having an incredible season, like an incredibly efficient a season. Season. He's almost putting up like an Ennis Cantor like line. He's he's getting fourteen points and ten rebounds in twenty four minutes a game, and he can defend. Yeah, exactly. So he can defend as well. But like he's seventh right now in total rebound percentage, which means when he's on the court, he's grabbing the same percentage of rebounds as Ennis Cantor. Like that's, that's what it, that's as good of a rebounder as he's been. Yeah, that's insane. So you need to jump on that train. Here, my my take is about Sabonis, and it's about how the Thunder used Demonis Sabonis. And it's here's how you sound smart. Can you believe how the Thunder used Demonis Sabonis two years ago? Can you believe they played him at the power forward and asked him to shoot threes? Can you believe that? That's your huh. that's your take. It does, it does. It does sound very smart, and also makes me feel dumb, <laughs> even though I had nothing to do with that decision. Here's the thing: look at that roster, please, please. The smart people that are saying this, I'm just begging you, go look at that roster and tell me where are the minutes for for Domas to play at center? Because they weren't there. They had Ennis Cantor on that team. They had Stephen Adams on that team, and the the reality is, <clears throat> if you wanted to play him in that role. He's the third string guy. I mean, the reason they played him in that role is because they wanted to get him on the court because they knew how talented he was. And it was this, it was basically this year where it's like we have Russell and we don't really know what else we have. And we're going to have to just try things. And we know that Domas is one of the most talented guys on this team. Let's get him on the court. Let's see if he can hit threes. Uh, And he, in a workout for the Thunder, like in one of the defining workouts for the Thunder during the draft time, he hit a ton of threes. And so, like, he showed, like, that ability. So that didn't come out of nowhere. It didn't didn't just, uh, you know, the Thunder didn't just say, hey, you should try this. Uh, No, he's shown the ability. And, you know, the Pacers have him in the correct role. And I think a few years down the line, he's going to shoot threes. Uh, but the Thunder had no choice. I mean, the Thunder couldn't have put him in that role because at the time, he's a one, he's a rookie. Two, he has Steven Adams and Ennis Cantor on the same roster. You can't put him in that role. So maybe that's the smart NBA take is to counter <laughs> counter that one. With Yeah, it, it, that would have been interesting. Like if they didn't have Cantor, yeah. how, dif- how different his rookie season would have looked. Because yeah. he definitely got a ton of minutes. Yeah, he played a lot, and it's, and it's because he's like the Thunder knew how good he was, and he was like he was the primary target for the Thunder when they were trading Serge Ibaka, because they had they had deals lined up with Toronto and with Orlando, and just the goal was to get Sabonis. It wasn't to get Oladipo. It was to get yeah. Sabonis, and so that tra- that trade looks so crazy right now. Because they basically, at this point, got Jeremy Grant and Paul George for Serge Ibaka. This is what the assets turned into, which is just and mag- insane. And the magic got Terrence Ross. And the magic got Terrence Ross. <laughs> yeah. Because they got Ilyasova in that deal, and then they flipped Ilyasova for Jeremy, and then they flipped the other two guys for Paul George. I mean, that is insane. 
absolutely insane for and surge has had a good season i'm not trying to diss on surge but i mean you have the option of paying surge Ibaka 20 million dollars a year or you can flip him and then magically turn them into those two guys it's just it's it's crazy that you could turn a fading Serge Ibaka into two prime starters. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's, yeah, and, it's and crazy. Who knows if the magic, like if they don't do that deal, if they would have taken Sabonis, but he is so different from all the big men they have. Yeah. Like he's so much more skilled than any of the, well, I guess Vucevic is really skilled, but you know, thinking about like when they had Biombo, um, right. and then bringing in Mobamba and even Aaron Gordon, like he he would have made sense. He cut, probably could have been like the successor to Vucevic. Yeah, no, he's a. I mean, he, he's a guy that the Thunder really wanted as a guy that could really he can really pass and he sets really good screens. Um, you know, he he's a guy that that the Thunder targeted as a top prospect in that draft, and so that's that's another little feather in Presti's cap. I know they traded him. But like that's a guy that they really, really wanted, and he's he's been awesome. Uh, next smart take I have is uh, Clay Thompson takes too many twos. Oh my gosh, that's mine. Is it really? <laughs> yeah, which is such a random one because the Warriors. It's it's hard to come up with smart takes for the Warriors, right? Um, but yeah, so I have to ask you: Did you listen to the nerder she wrote last week? Um, maybe I don't know. Which one? What, tell me about so, it. Well, I, I, I want to endorse it because it was really, really good. Yeah. Um, so it's Dave DeFore. It's David Thorpe, Coach Coach Thorpe. Yeah. And uh, it was Ethan Sherwood Strauss. Yeah. Who, no, this is where I think this is where I got the take from. Yeah. But yeah. They, had this, they had this great conversation. Like Ethan and Dave were talking about how Clay is taking too many mid-range shots. And like if you look at it, only 40% of his shots are from three, which is the lowest since his rookie year. Last year, he took 44%. Yeah. So anyways, they were making up up as like this really like incisive take about the Warriors. And then David Thorpe comes in and is like, who cares? Yeah. They're like the, the greatest offense of all time. <laughs> like, who cares? What are we talking about? I love that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but it was a great podcast. Go listen to it. Yeah. That I, I agree. That one was, that was a really fun show. Uh, yeah. Thorpe is a strange guy. He's awesome. He's been on our show a few times. Uh, Really, really awesome guy. I got actually I got off uh, a podcast with him and he like stopped to just like chat with me and was like, hey, like here he's like, I he said, I'll give you my phone number if you want. We can talk hoops whenever you want. Like, oh, okay, David. I like him because he's such a dad. He's such a dad. Yes. All of all of the like banter, like all the non basketball banter on the show is so it's just all dad talk. It, it really is. <laughs> but I really like him. And that was a good show, too, because uh, Ethan Sherwood Strauss, who is, you know, like a Warriors writer. That's kind of how I think of him. But yeah. he's like he has become one of my favorite writers because I can name off the top of my head like the Draymond piece he did the when uh steph did the under armor deal piece yeah and then the most recent one he did where he followed an advanced scout around the nba where he did like six games and seven nights it was such a good article it's on the athletic um but yeah he's just a really good writer even though he's like associated with the warriors i really like him yeah no he's talented he's super talented uh what do you have next um how about Oh, well, another one, hard to unseat this guy, but the Minnesota Timberwolves, previously we talked about Tyus Jones, and unfortunately for Tyus Jones, Derrick Rose 
has been amazing this year and so <laughs> really good people don't really talk about Tyus jones anymore so he's right. not really a smart nba guy anymore so the new smart nba guy is josh akogi oh yeah who is their rookie and people are getting hyped about him <laughs> he's, he's had some really good dunks but also kevin kevin pelton tweeted on december 8th that he uh, he could be all defensive team so, so that's that's get that's getting in pretty early on a hot take yeah that's good wow so just if you if you said something like that because i i mean in my mind i don't watch a lot of wolves like i just thought oh a kogi's like this really athletic guy he has his crazy dunks i didn't realize he was that good defensively yeah so that so that's one for you uh that's, that's a really good one uh okay so with, with the Mavs, we had maxi kleber as, yes which is still a good one i mean if you if it's that's that one holds up for sure um but i think talking like luca's awesome but i think when you people are trying to one-up themselves right now trying to get like i i know the most about luca and he's the best prospect even maybe even before lebron maybe the best prospect since Shaq. um you just have to go way over the top with luca and I think he's awesome. I mean, the guy is averaging 18 points, five assists, 6.7 rebounds per game, shooting 35% from three. Like, he's awesome. There, I have no complaints with him. But I think that people are trying, they're rushing to get the, the, the best take that they can with Luka at this point. And so you just have to just go all, you just have to go crazy. You know, is, is he better than Larry Bird ultimately? Because I think he was better than Larry Bird at 19. <laughs> right yeah like his stock is so high right now but people are still buying like there's still i gotta get this new take in there though there's nothing you could say that would sound crazy about luca right now you, and you, could, you could say whatever you want and he's you, in such a sweet spot because no one really thought the maps were going to be good <laughs> right so it's already clear that they're going to over exceed expectations yeah um so he and and so it's perfect like they could still miss the playoffs and it's going to be like an amazing season for luca no question um so yeah he's he's just like in the perfect he's the bell of the ball andrew he is yeah get your takes in now say whatever you want about luca <laughs> um another one oh kind of going back to david thorpe this is for the grizzlies last time we said uh garrett temple <laughs> yeah and uh, my nominee this time, which I, I mean, I love this guy coming into the draft, but it's Jaron Jackson Jr. Oh, yeah. An- another guy. So I, w- the other way I was looking up for takes, Andrew, <laughs> this is a really dorky way to do it. But I used Twitter advanced search. Yeah. And I basically put in 20 handles of NBA writers that I consider smart. <laughs> And then I would search for like Jackson <laughs> and then I'd, I'd sort by most recent and then go through tweets and see if anyone said anything outlandish. That's a good one. And for Jaron Jackson, David Thorpe, as recent as a week ago, called him a Hall of Fame level talent. Wow. Which like you can't top that. Like that's no. I mean, ar- ar- arguably the only thing you could say more is like he's like a top 50 player of all time talent. <laughs> Like as a rookie, but calling a rookie saying he has like Hall of Fame level talent, that's pretty good. And I love Jaron Jackson Jr. So like I'm not even disagreeing. Yeah, I how could but, you? But that is that is a hot take. But it also sounds smart. It's very brilliant. Uh, my next one is uh, about the Jazz, and it's oh good. 
Can you believe the what the rule changes have done to the jazz? Oh yeah, I'm I, I'm all on that bandwagon. I mean, it's just it's it's crazy. Are they conspiring against them because they don't have stars? Like his, I mean, maybe Donovan Mitchell's a star, but man, I just really feel like they they looked at the playoffs last year. They didn't like the ratings, and they decided to how can we tear apart this jazz team? Let's change the rules so that they are not any good anymore. That would be great if that happened. <laughs> <laughs> I support it. Um, yeah, the, the the Jazz are a weird team, and, and people are using that as an excuse for why Gobert has been so angry this season. He's so mad all he is, the time. He's mad all the time, and people are assuming it's because he can't play defense like he used to. Which I don't know. Maybe that's true. Yeah, uh, I, I also know. think the fact that like Joe Joe Ingles like can't hit a shot anymore. I think that's factoring yeah. into these I mean, as well. He's 37% from three. Yeah, I'm just talking about like the last the last week or so. He yeah. got dropped in one of my fantasy leagues. That's what that's what clued me in. Did he really? Ingles was having a bad season. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I haven't, I haven't seen his game logs recently. I've, I haven't uh, seen his game logs at all, actually. Um, but yeah, I didn't have one for the Jazz, so I'm glad you did. What do you think the hot or the, the smart take about the Thunder is right now? Because I feel like there's a few different ways you could go. You could talk about Jeremy Grant, yeah. who, for the general NBA population, is kind of having an underrated season. Yeah. Um, Hamadou Diallo. Diallo is, is definitely the guy. Okay. Okay. With with, there's just no question in my mind that he's the guy. If you want to sound smart, you can be like, "Have you seen this rookie, Hamadou Diallo?" And the way you got to think about this is like if you went to another city and you like sat down at a bar and you're next to a guy who's an NBA fan and let's say he's a fan of, you know, Portland or Sacramento and he brings up Diallo, you're going to be like, oh, this guy's pretty smart. He knows his stuff. <laughs> exactly. Because yeah. usually fans like they know what the smart takes are because they're watching the team every single night. Um, so when you hear someone else talk about the smart guy on your team, it's like, oh, oh exactly. <laughs> we should be friends. Because <clears throat> the people like you could talk about Schroeder, but I think everybody knows about Dennis Schroeder. He's been good. Uh, Adams, no. Westbrook, no. Paul George being awesome, no. Like everybody knows that. Diallo, that's a deep cut. And Diallo, he's got he's he's got the fifth highest PER on this team still, which wow. I think is pretty impressive. So that's there's a smart a smart thing to take to people is that he's got the fifth highest per, uh, but he's been good. Like he's the last two games have actually been super encouraged with him because after he came back from his fake femur breaking, he um he didn't play very well for like several games. But I feel like the last two games he's kind of gotten his balance back and he's making those crazy shots in the lane and he had that alley oop dunk where he got a technical foul for hanging on the rim. I mean it was awesome. He's he's looked really good the past two games and is bringing that same energy and is able to create an offense like he did before the injury. So it's good to see him back because uh, I, I think that he is sneakily. Imp- uh, maybe that's the take with him is that he is sneaky important to this team on a night to night basis. Yeah, definitely, because he can provide that spark off the bench, like separate from Schroeder. And yeah. I don't know. If, I mean, Abrinas can, but he's much more inconsistent on it it's with with him it's all based on whether he's hitting his threes or not with with diallo like he's going to create something like something you just 
set him loose. Yeah, something is going to happen when he goes out on the court. So yeah, he's that's that's the NBA smart take for the Thunder is that Hamadou Diallo is sneakily important to their night to night results. Um, okay, so I have one for the Hornets. Okay, so when we first did these, it was during our over under podcast, and you and I passed on the Hornets because we just didn't even want to talk about them because <laughs> we were so bored. And so I'm not even giving you a smart NBA take. I'm giving you an expired smart NBA take, which is that the Hornets are frisky this year. That, that was like a hot Twitter take over like the first month of the season. Yeah. Even as they were 500, even during that streak, even when they had a really good point differential because they beat up on the Bulls and they beat up on the Cavs by like 30 points each early in the season. And that was the only reason their point differential was so good. I'm just here to say that the Hornets are not frisky. They're the same team they've always been. They're the same Hornets. They're yeah. going to be right around 500. They may make the playoffs. They may not. Who cares? <laughs> Why do we care? Why are we talking about the Hornets? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, here, here's mine for the Lakers. Who does LeBron fear in the playoffs? Oh, oh, oh. Is oh, he man. afraid of any other team besides the Warriors? I think not. Mm. I'm picking the Lakers to make the conference finals. That's a smart take right now for the Lakers. Oh yeah. Who? Oh, uh, Nate Duncan just picked them to make the Western conference finals too. See, look how smart I am. That is spreading. That is, that is definitely spreading. Yeah. This is a Brian win. It's started by Brian Windhorst, I believe. Um, okay. Let's see. Uh, okay. One of my last ones. So the Knicks, my nominee is Damian Dotson. <laughs> he's a he's a deep cut i am not that smart yeah you're not because i went back and i found a tweet from dave defore within the last two weeks that said i love dotson definitely a future danny green all-star type of player wow so get in early on that yeah that's just, i'm just giving that out for free i've already get in on damian dotson i've already forgotten his name <laughs> it's his first name is spelled day mean oh so that you know okay that's good to know. Um, um, do you have any others? <laughs> um, I, I think that just hating on DeAndre Aiden is smart. Yeah, I thought about that one too. For, for the Suns. Uh, specifically his defense. Just talking about how bad on defense he is. Like He's putting up good box score numbers, but like, have you watched his footwork? Have you seen now, what he does on the defensive end? Wasn't he the guy that you were talking about? Oh, no, that was Mo Bamba getting like beat up by Big 12 centers. Oh, he got killed by all the yeah. white Big 12 guys. All okay, of them. Never mind. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that is definitely a popular one right now. And it, uh, it sucks for him. He's not in the greatest situation. He's a, um, he's a teenage center. Like, no, yeah. basically, none of those guys can defend. And if they can, it's very, very rare. And like beating up on a guy because he can't play defense yet. Uh, I, I, I think it's actually not smart at all. But I think people try to sound smart by talking about his footwork on defense. And is he really giving the proper effort night in, night out? Like, what, what are you talking about? Like, they're the Suns. They're terrible. They don't have a point guard. It is crazy. I, I am worried about Aiton only in the sense that for him to be you know, worthy of the number one pick to be that type of number one pick player. His offensive game is going to have to be at a really elite level. Yeah. Like Carl, Carl Anthony Towns type level. Yeah. I think it can be. 
He's really and it, he's and yeah, good. and it it may be, um, but I, I I don't know. I'm still I'm still suspicious. I still like my Hall of Famer Jaron Jackson Jr. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, the Thunder get to play them one more time, which seems impossible. And so, oh my get- gosh, no! Think of these games. <laughs> In like two weeks, they play them, or maybe it's even I've- sooner than that. I'm learning nothing from a fourth game between the Thunder and the Suns. <laughs> you get to see Steven Adams just put up crazy stats again. Great. <laughs> Steve has been so good this season. He's he's kind of a smart NBA guy on, on he, some level. He is because the Steven Adams for All-Star, I mean, I, I don't think it's going it, to, it'll be that serious. Yeah. But I do think he's going to get mentioned by a lot of people. And I think it's deserved, especially if you watch him and understand what his impact is on the defensive end. Right. Yeah. He's so, been yeah. he's been awesome for this team. He's been so so good. Uh, is this the best trio the Thunder have ever had? The best trio. So you're saying like in the moment, obviously. Yeah. Is this, um, is it okay? The question is: Is this trio? better than Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, Serge Ibaka. Like overall, like I don't think obviously Kevin Durant is much better than Paul George's. Right. And Russell Westbrook is still Russell Westbrook. I guess the, the real question is, would you rather have prime surge or this version of Steven Adams? Yeah. And what's so weird. I mean, Serge's career is so strange now because when you think about those, uh, contender years for the Thunder. Yeah. Serge was the only one who, in retrospect, was in his prime. We didn't really realize it at the time. Right. Serge was but really we were, 31 when he was 25. Yeah. Like, we were watching all these young kids and thinking, like, wow, it's going to be crazy, like, when they're actually in their prime. Well, it turned out Serge Ibaka was in his prime. <laughs> he was putting up his best seasons. <laughs> right. And the other weird thing was that he never really had a true overlap between him becoming a really good three point shooter and him still being that elite defensive player. There was one year where you could maybe make the argument, but his peak defensive years are pretty well defined. Um, And they were seasons where he just wasn't taking that many threes at all. And so it's hard to say because obviously like if you had prime Serge Ibaka now, he would obviously, he'd probably be taking five threes a game at least. Yeah. He's taking less Um, threes now for the Raptors than he has. Yeah, which is weird. Um, he he was great though. Yeah, he was awesome. So I, I don't want to. I, I don't know. And it's it's also weird because he would definitely be playing center if he was coming up nowadays as prime surge. Yeah, I mean back then we had Kendrick Perkins, which is crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. I can't imagine a player like Kendrick Perkins playing <laughs> like starting for a team. He doesn't. No, not not in this NBA. Would you okay, so if you could go back in time and two thousand twelve finals, if you could put this take off surge and put this version of Steven Adams on that team, would you do it? That's so weird though, because then who's playing power forward? Because okay, so now you're removing I probably do. Kevin Durant. Yeah, I probably do because can you imagine especially in that finals run, like not having the conversations about Perkins because you have some, someone like Steven Adams out there. Yeah. Who could pass it? Oh, I'm holding my baby. That's coughing. Uh, yeah, I, I think that, I think that I probably would do it. Yeah, I probably would too. So I think the answer is Steve then. Yes. 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 Okay. 
that that was my initial reaction too when you first put up that uh, poll question. Yeah, but I I wanted to give it some thought because Serge Ibaka was really great. He's in his great, time. and this isn't to like demean Serge Ibaka, right? But, right, but right. He, but he's li- he was he's a limited player. He is, and you know Orlando tried to put him in like the you know as like their first or second best player. And he's just not that guy. Like he was in the perfect role for him, just and that was a smart NBA take. Back in the day, was that you know, the Thunder really aren't using Serge Ibaka right? Well, it turns out they're using him exactly the way that he should be used, is as a role player. Like he's just a super role player, is all he was. And I think that Steve has the potential to be. He's more than that because he can he can pass it. He's he affects the game on so many levels that Serge really doesn't. Um, so, uh, do we have time for a quick this week in Thunder history? Uh, let's do it. My my baby's just going to talk all the way through it, so just bear well, with we were ju- we were just talking about Kendrick Perkins, and uh, <laughs> this goes back to that because this is another one that there's there's some uh, you know it's like time is a flat circle. This is from <laughs> December twentieth, two thousand thirteen. Bulls and Thunder have heated post game exchange. What? So this was following the Thunder's win over Chicago on Thursday night. The starting centers for both teams got into a brief but heated exchange inside the Thunder's locker room. This was a classic one. Bulls center Joakim Noah accompanied friend and Thunder starter Tabo Cephalosha into OKC's dressing room. Perkins immediately took exception. Oh, they let anyone in the locker room? Huh? (laughs) Perkins shouted after spotting Noah at the entrance of the dressing room while seated at his locker. Uh, Russell Westbrook from across the room soon chimed in, which sounds like uh, Russell in this most recent fight. Uh, Noah then addressed Perkins directly, asking if he wanted him to leave and saying if Perkins wanted him out, he would leave. Perkins, <laughs> still seated, responded with an obscenity-laced retort, which he capped off by saying, get yo expletive up out of here. <laughs> I'm surprised they can't print ass. Like, that was so clearly. (laughs) Who who cares? And then uh, team officials and security quickly huddled in an attempt to defuse the rapidly escalating situation. Noah remained at the entrance of the locker room for a brief moment before exiting. Reporters later saw Perkins and Noah briefly exchange words once more in the hallway when they crossed paths. Yeah, that's that's crazy. It was great to have Perkins around for those moments. It's crazy to think about that happening. Like I can't like being in. I've been in the locker room several times now. I cannot imagine an opposing player coming into the into the locker room. Yeah, that is weird. It's a what it's, was what it's was a Tabo thinking? What did he think he was doing? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know because that it is it is super duper weird for for an opposing player to come over there. And the locker rooms aren't far away from each other. I don't know uh, what what were they going to do. Just, just hang out. What was the? I guess he's he's going to introduce him to all his teammates. <laughs> yeah. That's so weird. Just I, I have no idea why that even happened. Uh, Alex, thanks for coming on the show today. We can follow you on Twitter at Al Baby Cakes. You can follow me at Andrew K Schlecht. Follow our podcast at Down to Dunk. Please take just a few seconds to leave us a five-star iTunes review today. You can do it on your phone. It's super easy if you have an iPhone. It's on that purple podcast app. Just search down to dunk. Click five stars. If you want to leave a message, great. should take less than a minute, uh, and it would be really helpful to us. Hope you guys have a great Wednesday, and we'll talk to you guys again on Friday morning. (laughs) 